What does it look like exactly to work for Gaston County? That's the question that we're putting to five of our fellows, a new fellowship program that we started over the past 12 months here in Gaston County. We've got five individuals that are part of this pilot program that are gonna be talking with us today about their experiences and what they've come to enjoy about working for Gaston County. We'll also be talking with Joe Shepard in our human resources department about why this pilot program was started and what the hopes are for its future. James Chris Harkey with the Economic Development Commission. So I'll start with you. Going into the Economic Development Department, was that intimidating at all? Or, or what was your kind of thought process when you, you learned that that was the department you were going to be assigned to? Well, I thought it was pretty cool because uh, I grew up basically kind of this kind of stuff. My dad, he's a general contractor. He's okay. on his own business for a long time now. And um, I know this is a little different. You know, this is the industrial part of everything and developing. But I thought it was kind of cool just to... You know, just experience everything, how you develop a industrial part from start all the way to finish and what goes through everything. It's been exciting so far. Lynn Hilton, she is the fellow with the Parks and Rec Department. Christian Malcolm, Josh Browswell, and Elizabeth Harry, they're all working here in our county administration building. So this is kind of a, a, a new program that got started. One of the initiatives that Dr. Eagle really was interested in, in terms of trying to identify folks that had a passion for, for local government in different areas. So I wanted to, to start with each of you guys and talk a little bit about how you heard about the program and what interested you in getting involved in, in coming to, to work for your respective departments in Gaston County. Start with uh, with Christian. Yeah, my first year in the MPA program, I took a class with uh, Professor Roten, okay. actually the assistant county manager, and yep. he had mentioned the fellowship program. And most of my experience has been in the private sector, so I kind of wanted to get some experience in my own field. You know, i apply and just kind of threw a line out there and see what I got and I got the opportunity. Josh, I know that you've been working part-time at the Gaston County Museum. What interested you in, in coming over to the communications office? And, and for full disclosure, Josh works for me, so he's contractually <laughs> obligated to say all nice things. Oh yeah, I would say all nice things, even if I weren't contractually <laughs> obligated to. I really enjoy like video, videography and photography and stuff like that and video editing and I've kind of dabbled in freelance stuff with that in the past and uh, working at the museum, even though it's not in my official job title, I would, you know, occasionally do photography for the museum, work on video projects for them in-house just as needed. And when I received the email about the possibility of working in another department in the county, I was thinking, well, you know, this would be an opportunity to maybe, you know, I know the county has a channel and I know they have produced videos because I've seen them. Maybe this would be an opportunity to apply those skills in another department and maybe learn some things. Absolutely. Elizabeth, you're working in the, uh, the what's called the Budget and Management Office, but I think it's eventually going to be the Budget and Strategy Office. Correct. What, what brought you over there? Well, I actually was in the same class as Christian. Okay. <laughs> we both had Matt Roten as our professor, and he encouraged me to apply for the fellowship because, well, I've got to be honest, I really hadn't considered working in a budget office okay. or local government until I took his class. Hmm. Up until this point, I've been working in nonprofit art galleries since I graduated from undergrad, and that was really the only future that I imagined for myself. But Matt was kind of like, you know, just try it out. You might like it. Right. <laughs> and it turns out I do really like it. And one thing that's cool about it, I think, at least from coming from my background, is I've realized that public administrators are a lot like artists and that, okay, this is how I think of it. 
Mm-hmm. So artists are these people who work on the fringes of our cultural landscape, kind of envisioning what a better society could look like. Right. But public administrators are the ones doing the legwork and making it happen. So I don't know. There's some synergy there, and I've been really enjoying it so far. It, it's funny. I mean, when we started this podcast last year, Taylor Drury was our first guest, and she was kind of our guinea pig, and we talked a little bit about her background, and she she has kind of an art history background in, in college and was talking about how the budget process, as much as there's numbers and math that goes into it, there's really an art to it in terms of, of trying to put together a budget. I mean, you're talking about Gaston County that's got 30 some odd departments. You've tried, you've got to try to make all these different puzzle pieces fit together, all the different needs of the different departments and weighing all those things. What was that like on your end getting to kind of see that process up close for the first time? I mean, absolutely. <laughs> I think you're spot on that there's a lot more kind of visual dexterity that goes into thinking about how to look at the data. Like, how do you visualize a multi-million dollar budget? Mm -hmm. (laughs) And how do you communicate that effectively? Mostly that's through images and graphs. And I mean, a picture is worth a thousand words, right? (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, it's it can be really easy to put all the information out there and to have, you know, 40 pages of written text. But sometimes, I mean, when a member of the public or you know, even folks on our board, for them to be able to kind of look at it visually, it, it really helps them to understand the breakdown of like where the money's going and, you know, how we're being responsible with it. Absolutely. Uh, we have five different fellows and Lynn is working in the Parks and Recreation Department. Lynn, how did you find out about the fellowship program and what interested you in, in joining up and in coming to work for Gaston County? So I'm in the MPA program at UNC Charlotte and Dr. Barth, who is the director of the program, mm-hmm. sent out a mass email I grew up in Gaston County, so when this one came across, I thought that I may have a shot at it, so I applied, and here we are. (laughs) Where in Gaston County? I grew up in Stanley. Okay, Mm -hmm. okay. I'm now a rebel and live in Lincoln County. So you, I mean, you've grown up and basically lived in this area, what, your whole life? Yes. Okay. And don't ask me my age. No, I (laughs) would never ask. Yeah, no, so I grew up in Stanley until I got married, so I moved out of Stanley when I was 22, and then we've lived in Lincoln County ever since. Okay. But we still have family in the area, sure. like 15-minute drive. What do you like about the area? Obviously, you, you said, you know, being from Gaston County, you, you hoped that you'd have a shot at getting the fellowship, which obviously you did. What do you like about the area, and, and what is it like being able to serve the county that you grew up in? To serve the county that I grew up in is a very humbling experience. I come from a very large family, so there's a lot of us, and there's a lot of people who have given to me my entire life, so it's just an honor and, and a privilege to give back to my community. I love this area. It's, you know, where I have grew up my entire life, and like I said, I'm just one county over, but we have not left this area because we love it. You know, it's just homegrown kind of feel, uh, nice people around, and the weather's not too bad. I mean, it's hot. Well, yeah. Yeah, but it, it's not too bad, like no hurricanes normally, no right. tornadoes, that kind of stuff. Right. So. And you can get to the mountains and to, and to the beach in a day's time. Exactly. It's a variety of surroundings, depending upon where you go. Joe, remind me again, your title, it's, it's a little bit of a mouthful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is. It is uh, the manager of people, culture, and outcomes. Gotcha. And you were, you were over in social services before coming over to HR, right? That's correct. I was the special projects manager at social services. What did you look for when you guys were looking through the applications? So we look for, I guess, a variety of different things. First off was an interest in working in local government. So we wanted to find individuals who were potentially interested in working in that career field, 
potentially had a passion for it, maybe some intrinsic motivation. And then we really looked at what they were interested in in working in within local county government. On the application, we did ask for them to list a few of the areas of interest, and then we paired their areas of interest with some of the areas that we needed assistance with internally, uh, and then forwarded those applications to those departments for them to you know, conduct interviews and select the right candidate. What's been some of the feedback that you've gotten so far from either the department heads or the fellows themselves about how the program's going? Because we're, what, about three, three, four months into the program at this point? Yeah, that's about right. We're a little over halfway now. On the fellow side, I speak with most of them pretty frequently. Uh, so far, you know, I've gotten a lot of good feedback. The feedback's usually around that they've been getting a lot of opportunities to meet a variety of different people. So expanding their network, their professional network, learning a lot about, I guess, the intricacies of how um, local government works. For example, James and EDC's learning, you know, about what EDC does, um, how that impacts the community, how his specific role helps EDC in achieving whatever their mission is um, or their goals are at that time. So all around really good comments from the fellows themselves, mainly uh, around the opportunity that this has provided them. Most of them are really hoping that it transitions into something like full-time employment with the county. Sure. And we really hope that it does as well. So uh, on the flip side, the directors or their supervisors so far, I've received only positive comments um, about the fellows in, the, in their placements. I think we did a really good job at matching them with the departments that they're currently in. So they seem to be performing very well, many times exceeding the expectations that their supervisor or director actually had coming into this program. And this program is new. So um, for most of our directors or individuals who are supervising fellows, they may have not had a lot to go by other than what we thought it could be, uh, and I think we've exceeded those expectations. I know for, for the county manager, Dr. Eagle, you know, this is a big part of one of her areas of focus and just the idea of innovation and continuous improvement with, for the county. Um, and this goes beyond what you might see is in terms of a, a traditional internship. I mean, sometimes you have paid or unpaid internships, but this, I feel like, was, was opened up a little bit more broadly and, and done so, I think, intentionally, right? Yeah, it was. So we, I mean, we still have um, internships within the county. Some are paid, some aren't. The fellows program was really intended to give individuals a little bit different opportunity. So their positions are a little higher up within the organization, exposing them to more opportunities, exposing them to larger professional networks, helping them understand really how local government runs and operates. And the hopes being that exposure um, then translates into passion, which then translates uh, to them wanting to work for a local government. Hopefully it's Gaston County. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, they would go on to have a successful career here with us, which would meet their needs uh, simultaneously meeting our needs of recruiting talented individuals to work for the organization. Chris, to that point, you know, what are some of the things that you've learned so far in working with EDC that maybe you didn't know going in? With EDC, I did not know how much involvement everything was like with the county, on like bringing in all these new jobs, all the, like the population, what's going on, all the housing, just mm-hmm. and just in general the whole like county and bringing in these big wigs from you know different countries down here, like bringing their um, you know their business down here and just just everything like that. I didn't know like with a um, 
was at Gaston College had programs for businesses that whenever we brought here that they were able to learn through like Gaston College before they were hired mm. or of employment for the new businesses and stuff. So I thought that was pretty cool. Joe, I mean, you talked a little bit about the success that the program's seen just from your end. I mean, obviously that was the hope going into this, but I mean, it seems like the, the, the program has even exceeded maybe expectations to this point. I would say so. Again, this was a pilot program for us, so we didn't really know what to expect without having ever done it. We really didn't know. So uh, we saw you know, a lot of things, what I would classify as kind of early returns on the program. So four months in, it sounds like you already spoke with Lynn, but yeah. one of her projects was already actually featured in the Gaston Gazette, uh, right. her work with the Senior Center. Um, which was amazing. You know, that was somebody, you know, that we brought in and within four months she's making, you know, a major impact in the community. We're being recognized for that. So for me, it's an early indication that we're, we're doing some things right. And I think, you know, we're going to continue to see these types of wins and these types of projects that are impacting the community positively continue throughout this, this cycle of the program and then hopefully um, evolve into, you know, even bigger and more impactful type projects in the next evolution of this. And this is something, you know, funding permitting that you would hope to continue going forward in terms of the fellowship program, correct? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. It co- we see this as just another critical avenue to recruit and develop talented individuals to bring in and work for the county. Um, and that translates into um, better service to the community. Do you have any idea at this point when you would try to roll out kind of the, the next round of fellows? Is that something that, like, if people were potentially, you know, interested in, in hearing about this program and, and wanting to know more, you know, when, when should they potentially look for new fellowship openings? Yeah, so funding permitted, we would be looking at recruiting our next class this fall. Um, okay. So probably around September, we would open up, again, applications uh, for individuals to apply, and then we would be, you know, receiving and then screening those applications in the fall, and then the next cohort would start early 2022. Now, is there any sort of uh, baseline that you're looking for? Because obviously we've, we have kind of a variety of fellows between the five that we have now in terms of their backgrounds and, and kind of where they are education wise. Is there anything that you guys have said is like, you know, this is kind of our, our minimum of what we're looking for? It'll really depend on what the positions look like that are available in the next evolution. So we'll be asking directors to provide information about the opportunities that they have available in their departments. Mm. Uh, and then we would look at the applications to try to match individuals with those opportunities the best we can. Right now, you know, we work, we accept applications for individuals who have bachelor's degrees, individuals who are enrolled in a master's level program or, or have a master's degree, some or limited work experience. It just depends. But it's really about, I think, making the correct match and the match being between the individual and the skill set that they bring to the table as well as the opportunity that we have in the county for them. Well, some of this was obviously you said, you know, being a pilot program, but having success in the in the five different departments where they've had fellows so far almost seems like those different department directors and myself included since I have one of the fellows will almost be like testimonials to the rest of the directors across the county that hey, this has been really good for us and this is something that maybe if you didn't consider it before you can you can take a look at the next time around absolutely you know it's I think that'll be something that would be very beneficial to get that like you said testimonial out there because it is going to require a little bit of work from them on the front end but if they understand what they're going to be receiving on the back end 
I think they're more, you know, inclined to participate. Chris, I wanted to go back to you real quick. With, just wanted to kind of get your, your thoughts on if there's any one thing that's that you've learned that's kind of stuck out with you so far. Pull it out, learn from scratch to finish, you know, all the, the roadways, the pipe and the sewer, the water, just how kind of everything just works around that, I would say. And learn how to basically, you know, send them to engineers and get them sent back, go through them, make sure they fix things that need to be fixed and keep sending them back and forth until everything was complete with the blueprints and stuff, which, like I said, that's that stuck out to me. Talking with Christian Malcolm, Elizabeth Harry, Joshua Braswell, Lynn Helton, and James Chris Harkey with our fellowship program here at Gaston County, also talking with Joe Shepard from our Human Resources Department. Lynn, when you applied for the fellowship, did you have a particular department in mind that you wanted to work with? So when I applied, I was told that if I was going to be a good fit, that someone would call me. Okay. So when I applied, I actually didn't think another thing about it. I just kept doing what I was doing. Mm-hmm. And I actually got two phone calls, and I turned the first one down because I did not know how to do plumbing or electrical work or, or <laughs> any of that kind of stuff. So when Kathy Hart called me, Parks and Rec, yes, please. I grew up playing rec ball in Stanley. Mm-hmm. My bachelor's degree is in recreational therapy. So okay. yes, please. And it's been a tremendous fit, and I've loved every minute of it. So one of the projects that you're really involved with putting together is the BioBlitz, right? Yes. Can you tell us a little bit more about what the BioBlitz is? It occurs on June the 26th at George Poston Park. There is a flyer floating around and people are seeing the flyer, which is good, mm-hmm. but they are having lots of questions. What is a BioBlitz? Sure. So a BioBlitz is going to be a geological inventory, a census of a particular area in a particular amount of time. So we're inviting the community out to George Poston on that Saturday to come and we're going to be using an, a free app called iNaturalist. Okay. And what people will do, if they join our project, then they can see the pictures that have been taken. But basically, you go to a tree, a flower, plant, a spider, insect, bug, whatever. Mm-hmm. You take their picture, and you uplo- it will automatically be uploaded to our project. Scientists from all over the world will be able to see that picture, and they will offer suggestions on what the identity of that species might be. And so when two or three people agree, it becomes research grade, meaning that that particular picture can be used for future projects at Poston. So we're basically trying to gather baseline data just to see what we have in our park. It has been declared an eco-explorer hotspot by the North Carolina Arboretum, which that's a fancy term for there's lots of different things in Poston Park. Mm. And we're just kind of curious to see what it is. So we're going to be focusing on three different trails, the Kids Trail, the Lake Loop, and the Laurel Hill Loop. Okay. So people will have an opportunity to, you know, just go in the trails and just go look and enjoy the hike along the way, the walk along the way, depending upon what trail that you pick. So it's really a chance for people of all ages, whether it's you've got kids or not, to, to come out and explore the park. Yes, and there's also an opportunity for children 15 and younger to go fishing. Oh, wow. If you're the age of 15 or younger, you don't have to have a fishing license in the state of North Carolina. So that's why we're saying 15 and younger. Got it. So whatever they catch will be, you know, picture will be taken and it will be uploaded to the project. And we just kind of want to see what's out there, see if we have any endangered species or, you know, what we've got going on out there. Sure. Um, And so the data that we collect will be used, you know, like I said, for future projects. That's awesome. When you first started, did you have any idea what it would be like working in Parks and Rec? I mean, obviously, given your, your background in your college degree, like you've at least got some familiarity, I would assume, with, with some of the things that they're doing. 
I did not have a clue. <laughs> I knew it would be a fun opportunity, and so mm. I was super excited. So far, I've been able to be involved in senior games, which that's also going on. Ooh. And that's a fun opportunity to see our local seniors out and about and remaining active and yep. fit and just having a good time doing that. It's just been a very good opportunity, and I do something different every day. And like I said, I wake up every day looking forward to coming to work. What would be your message for anybody that's considering going to work for local government? I do enjoy the teamwork, and if I'm being selfish, I would say that I thoroughly am enjoying the benefits. Mm. Uh, my husband's insurance was super expensive, so county government insurance is not. So right. we, we're saving money that way. Sure. But as far as a team, we have a great team at Parks and Rec, and they've all taken me under their wing. And any question that I've had, they've you know answered them or directed me to the correct person to answer my question. And another thing that I enjoy about the government job is I get to do a lot of different things. I know that's not true in every department, but in sure. Parks and Rec, you get to do a lot of different things, and you don't do the same thing every day. So there's lots of variety. Parks and Rec, obviously, is one of our most forward-facing departments where you do a lot of interaction with the community, and it, it feels like you hit at a pretty good time because, obviously, if you were doing this a year ago, so much of what Parks and Rec and even the Senior Center did was so greatly reduced because of COVID, but now you're starting to see more of these activities, uh, things that the community can participate in coming back. And that's got to be really cool to see too. It is. And the way that the Parks and Rec team has adapted during COVID has been phenomenal. They used to do bingo inside for both fam uh, for the senior center, and then they would have a family bingo. But during COVID, they have had to adapt. And so the participants who come to the bingos, they stay in their car. Right. And so whenever you get bingo, you honk your horn. Well, people <laughs> enjoy it because they get to lay down on their horn and nobody fusses at them. Right. So it's been a fun adjustment in COVID world. It's been really fun over the past maybe two months or so as some of the restrictions have been lifted and we're starting to see more planning for events. I mean, you're starting to see some of the municipalities around here planning for like 4th of July events. But then it's just, it feels like a breath of fresh air after basically lockdown yes. for a year. Well, and I think that people are appreciating the outdoors more since yeah. COVID has happened. And there's lots and lots of visitors at the parks, and they are enjoying them. And I feel like before COVID, I was one of the ones who took the parks for granted. And now that mm. COVID has happened, and that was the only thing that you could really do, mm. it was a good experience. And during that time, I went to our local park in Lincoln County, and there was a drop-off for kayaks. So we learned how to kayak you know, oh, during wow. COVID. So. It's been a fun experience, and, a, and a, a grand appreciation for the parks has come back. Josh, you were talking a little bit about your background in producing videos. What has that been like? Can you talk a little bit about some of the projects you've worked on since coming over to the communications office? Yeah, I've uh, had the opportunity to work on a number of video projects in the communications office, as well as photograph you know, a couple of events. And it is different than what I'm used to, just because it's more of a news uh, and information focused style rather than more of a like just uh, my own personal style I like more of a cinematic type mm -hmm. uh, a lot of stylistic flourishes and stuff like that and going from that to more of a more of a very straightforward informational style has been educational in a way as far as the the way information is presented and the way things are put together the sort of ethical challenges of presenting information in a factual way and not manipulating stuff too much in terms of trying to tell a story. And I've learned a lot as far as the video stuff goes with Todd and Barry and the uh, Gaston Access channel. And I've got the opportunity to work some work the switcher 
during the some of the commissioners' meetings. Right. And that's been interesting, too, because that's an, an aspect. The, the live broadcast aspect of video production has never been something that I've been exposed to. And so that's been interesting as well to see how they do it and, not, you know, everything that goes into it. And, you know, some of the things I'm familiar with as far as, like, how microphones work and, sure. you know, how cameras work and framing and whatnot. But the technical challenges of a live broadcast from all different aspects has been a lot. Well, it's interesting. You talk about the live broadcast part of it. And when you go over to the public forum and you, you know, if you're, if you're out there and you're attending the meeting, Barry and Todd are often out of sight and out of mind for a lot of people, but it's like, there's so much going on in the control room in the back in terms of, you know, making sure all the audio levels are right, making sure that we're feeding out the signal to AT&T and to Spectrum, to our website, to YouTube, making sure that everything matches up exactly and that, you know, we're right on time, you know, starting those meetings, you know, right at six o'clock. And, you know, you, you've been there when there's been some technical glitches beforehand. Oh, yeah. And it's like, you know, they, they're pretty much masters of troubleshooting, making sure that <laughs> even when things go wrong, they find a way to, to work around it. I actually really enjoy observing and, and occasionally being part of that part of it. Because when things do go wrong, I really like seeing how they troubleshoot things. And, well, even working with you too, Adam, in the communications office, I appreciate observing when someone is presented with, something that could potentially be a catastrophe mm-hmm. and then calmly navigating through it is <laughs> something that I'm learning a lot from because my natural tendency is to to let anxiety <laughs> and nerves <laughs> overwhelm me and watching someone gracefully navigate through a treacherous situation is something that I'm learning you know even outside something that can be applied even outside of a video and photography context i mean it's just a life skill I liken it a little bit to like when you're at a, a fair and you get somebody to volunteer to go sit on the, the dunk tank. And basically the entire time, like in, in this job, you're the one that's sitting there on the chair and people are just tossing balls at the target. And at some point, like you're going to get dunked. You just have to be ready for it. And, you know, it's just it's how you respond to getting tossed into the cold water and uh, <laughs> not freaking out about it, I guess. Christian, you talked about being in the in Matt's MPA class. You're in the finance department, correct? Correct. What led you to want to apply to to be in finance? Is, did you have like kind of a strong math background, or was that something where where Matt kind of said finance will be fun? Don't worry about it. Uh, so I, I do not. I originally did not have a strong math background. My, my undergrad's actually in political science and history. Okay. Believe okay. it or not, I got an internship in undergrad working in an IT company. Knew nothing about IT. Okay. They took a lot of chances on me. I, I probably didn't deserve and. One of those things was uh, managing projects, just various projects that were coming in, installation projects, survey projects, and just one-off things that they'd have me do. And I really enjoyed the budgeting process of it, hmm. although it's for different purposes, right? I mean, in, 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 a, in a private company, you're trying to increase your bottom line. You're trying to be profitable so you can grow. Versus in, in, in the public sector, you're you know you're trying to remit, you're trying to be financially healthy. Sure. But working with those budgets is something I was interested in, so, and. I didn't really feel like I was being fulfilled in the private sector, if that, you know, and uh, that led me to take the MBA, MPA class, and I got the opportunity to, to apply, and finance was something that Matt said would be beneficial because a lot of counties in North Carolina and even a lot of municipalities don't have a specific budget department. Mm, it's all true. it's gr- all grouped into finance, and I had some finance experience in my internship at my previous position, but this has been very beneficial to actually sit with accountants and see how that process works and 
actually do journal entries and actually discern, you know, what expenses and, and, and things like that are going to what accounts. And uh, it's, it's been very beneficial to me to kind of see where, how the money works and where the money goes. What's something that you've learned on the job so far that maybe you didn't anticipate going in? Local government is different than anything I've ever been a part of. I've always done private sector jobs. Okay. And so I have no clue. None of my family is in local government. Mm -hmm. So I haven't really had any kind of experience. I knew it would be a fun experience. I just didn't know what it would be like. But it's totally opposite of working in the private sector. It's a lot about teamwork, and I enjoy that. And back to the BioBlitz, we have several departments within the county government that are going to help us with that. Right. And I love the team environment, and I love how we all choose to work together to get one goal accomplished. That's not always true in the private sector. I learned that budgets are fun. <laughs> See, and that's, and uh, yeah, that's totally unexpected. I mean, it's just, I, I think that's most most people when they're doing like their own personal budgets, like it's something that they dread almost. It's like, oh yeah, oh, it's gosh. terrible. It's terrible because you look at your budget and you're like, how is it this small? Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's it's always a sense of like, oh, all my money's gone. Yeah. How did that happen? But with the public budget, I mean, I don't mean to compare it as in like, oh, the public budget is so big. It's not, (laughs) but it's more fun because you're looking at all the resources that you have and trying to think about how can we most efficiently deliver amazing services to the people who are paying for these services through taxes. So it's about optimizing, it's about communicating and educating. So I don't know, it's about policy implementation. There's, it's not just about crunching numbers. Mm -hmm. That's a small part of it. I'd say from... The f- from a finance standpoint, something that I learned is it's really not that difficult. And that's mm-hmm. something that kind of took me by surprise. I told my supervisor, who's the assistant director, you know, I really wanted to get in the weeds and I really wanted to get the opportunity to learn how the process works, you know, like payables, receivables, et cetera. There's a lot of things that are complicated. For example, grants and there's GASB statements that are quite complex that you have to be really tedious for. But sure. all in all, taking in that information was a lot easier than I expected. And that's something that I learned would be a lot easier to, to take in. So it's been relieving, but, you know, at the same time, it just, it makes, it makes you want to learn more and more as well because you know that you can. One thing that has sort of stood out to me overall, whether it is working on a press release with Dandrea or editing a video or filming something with Todd and Barry, is the attention to detail and the focus on, minutia and ensuring that everything that that leaves the office has a high standard of quality to it because there will be times where I'm trying to word something on a press release and Dandrea will offer an alternative phrasing to it and then give a specific reason why she is why that phrasing is is better than the phrasing that I had before mm-hmm. and, and then it just immediately makes sense to me and I appreciate that. And it's the same way with Todd and Barry as well, where it's like, you know, if I'm lingering on a, a shot too long in, in an edit or if the transition looks weird, they can offer an alternative. They can really guide me in a way that makes everything better. And I also appreciate the teamwork, not only within the office, but within, I think, all of the departments working together as well. I get a sense of camaraderie, and that's something that I've, I've grown to enjoy. How has this fellowship kind of opened your eyes to the potential for for future government service and it's totally fine if the answer is this is really interesting but I would still want to do private sector work oh absolutely absolutely yeah it's uh it's been the most rewarding job I've ever had in my entire life oh well 
I think there are things that I really enjoy about the public sector as far as serving the public, right? You're, you're working for something greater than yourself. Something that I'm not quite used to is the pace. Mm. Uh, at the private sector, I was rushed constantly. It's go, 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 go. Sure. Here, it's there's spurts. Mm-hmm. You're really busy, and then you're not, and it kind of comes in waves. Yep. And it's something that I'm getting used to, and sometimes I feel like I get a little anxiety because I, oh, am I not, you know, am I not contributing enough, right? right. Am I not helping the team accomplish their the department's mission? So I think it is something that I am interested in. I think the more and more experience you get, the more and more opportunities you get to kind of test yourself. You know, all in all, I think it's it's been a great experience. I know, Josh, you were you were already working at the museum, but I mean, the museum was kind of your first foray into mm-hmm. into government experience too. So you'd only been there for about a year or so before starting the fellowship. Yeah, I had been there from let's see, I started there in July of 2019. Okay, I actually intend on staying with the county as long as I can, and not to get too personal, but I turned 30 this month and. I'm ready to start building something and not float from, I'm done trying out jobs and I found something that I like doing and sure. really want to try to find a way to, to use my skills in a, in a capacity that would help the county and help build something for myself as well. It's crazy because I also turned 30. Oh, wow. I didn't <laughs> plan that in any way, shape, or form. <laughs> and my answer is exactly the same as yours. Mm. <laughs> I, it's, it's just the people who work here are really fantastic. They're really incredible really nice. It's a fun job. And it's interesting. You're constantly learning. There's always something that you don't know that you need to learn real quick. So (laughs) what happens in terms of being on your toes and getting new things thrown at you? I think that that's definitely true, seemingly across almost any department here in the county where it's, yes, you have a core set of things that you're working on, but you can often be put on projects or, or be doing different things where it's like, oh, I never would have anticipated, you know, working in this area or having to learn about this part of, of government. They do a really good job of getting the fellows involved on that. There's several projects for me personally in finance where I knew nothing about, you know, GASB statements or PCI compliance, and you kind of have to be the pseudo expert in a matter of a couple of days to, mm. to give something to your boss that's useful that they could turn around and use for whatever they need it for. They do a really good job. And they also do a really good job as far as just their employees in general of providing them opportunities to continuously train and continuously mm-hmm. learn. I think that's really important. I've been really appreciative of the people who've kind of taken me under their wing, so to speak. Let me shout at them. It's been overall, people have been really receptive to the fellows being here. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's, it's, it's really welcoming. You actually feel like you're a part of something. You actually feel like you're contributing to something. But overall, the experience has been great. And they do a really good job of making you feel like, you know, you belong here to contribute. I'd like to echo the prior sentiment as well. I, I've been extremely grateful and appreciative of everyone that, because I, I, one thing going into it, I was kind of worried because I didn't know because I didn't meet anybody in the department really before. Right. I, mean, I had a brief meeting with that with you, Adam. Right. But I was kind of thinking like I didn't want to show up and then you know people be like, "Get out of my way, kid!" <laughs> like you know. I mean, exactly we can do, like <laughs> we can do that if it'll make you feel better. <laughs> but yeah, I, I have been grateful that people have been very accepting and are willing to show me things because I was somewhat nervous about either being thrown to the wolves, which totally hasn't happened because I feel like everybody has my back and yep. only wants to help. Or I was nervous about just like not being given things to do or being a burden. Mm. And neither of those things I wanted to do. But I feel like I've been given projects that are at my level and progressively getting bigger and have been very encouraged and nurtured and I appreciate that. Since everyone's talking about feeling grateful that people have 
you know, shown them ropes and taken them under their wings. I want to shout out to Pearl Burris Floyd, mm. who is the county's DEI officer. So I approached her because I'm interested in the DEI work she's doing for the county, and I just wanted to learn more about what she's doing. Mm-hmm. And within that first meeting, she invited me to be on the MAC team, and, she, you know, it was, we're doing this, we're doing that, we're doing this. Yep. And, I mean, it's just incredible that you know, you can just approach someone and be like, hey, what you're doing is cool. And then she just comes back with being so welcoming and in, you know, helping me to learn more. She didn't have to do that. Uh, she did. And it's wonderful. Yeah, she's been just a fantastic addition to the county. And it's we feel really fortunate to have her. You're listening to the fellowship episode on Savvy Citizen. We've got more people here than can even uh, go through. We've got five of our different fellows. Plus, we have Joe Shepard from our Human Resources Department talking with us about this pilot program today. You know, this is a program that is designed to give people an opportunity. And we really hope that no matter what happens on the back end of it, the opportunity will be beneficial. It'll help them develop professionally, maybe even personally. And that at the end of it, they'll be better equipped to go into the world and make you know a larger impact no matter where they work. We hope it's for Gaston County, but if it's not, we are confident that we'll equip these individuals with the skills necessary to make a difference uh, in some capacity for whatever organization they work with. I would say that if someone is contemplating applying for the position, go for it. it it's a rewarding experience, and I'm very thankful to be a part of it.